You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Imagine waking up to a world that's as clear as your dreams. With Zeiss Smile technology, this is your reality. At Fichte, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care, our mission is your vision. Conducted by a team of expert surgeons leveraging leading-edge technology, our procedure is safeguarded, swift, and tailored to your eye care needs. Say goodbye to the limits of glasses or contacts. Embrace a world where your vision keeps pace with your life's aspirations. Contact us today at 800-309-2020 or visit us online at ficta.com. At Ficta Endel and Elmer Eye Care, we are focused on you. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. God made me punch in accurate numbers. My castle won't crumble. What I tackle will fumble. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening the cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast I am your host, Jay Spencer King And it's Tuesday, November, November 14th And it is not a Victory Tuesday It is not a Victory Tuesday And everybody in Buffalo, everybody in Western New York All Bills fans alike everywhere around the country was hoping that this morning would be a morning that we would be able to wake up in a good mood and talk about how the Buffalo Bills dominated the Denver Broncos and are now sitting at six and four headed into a game with momentum. That's a rematch from the week one loss to the New York Jets. The Aaron Rodgers New York Jets who are now coming to Western New York next weekend with a solid defense that the Bills always seem to struggle against. We were hoping that we could talk about that game with, you know, with some positivity and and go into that discussion 
after looking at last night's game and saying that the Bills have fixed their issues on the offensive side of the ball, and even with the injuries on defense, that we are able to put together a complete game. That's not what you're going to hear from me today. Now, I want to start this off by saying I fully respect the analytics, the DVOA, the PFF, the all 22 team. Like I, everybody that does this type of content, everyone who talks about the team in context of statistical achievements and um listen i respect it i understand it i appreciate you but no more no more first let's let's start where i put the blame josh allen has to stop turning the ball over josh allen has to stop turning the ball over last week i talked about how I miss the sugar high Josh in the sense of him having the freedom to be creative and to do things. And then I went on to say he has to protect the ball this season after week one. And I felt like he did a little bit better of a job this season as far as protecting the ball. I felt like he's been doing a lot better as far as his accuracy is concerned. I feel like, you know, Josh Allen is doing things this season that reminds us that he's very good. If you listen to Bruce's pod last week, you'll be reminded that, you know, Josh is still among the league's best in every category. That's why he's near the top when it comes to Stu. Okay. Love you, Bruce, but not today. Last night, what I saw from Josh Allen was embarrassing when you talk about being a Bills fan. I know a lot of us want to put everything on James Cook. That first fumble, absolutely egregious. I can't can't defend him. But that handoff, that was a fumble, and I'm not going to put that on James Cook. I know a lot of people do, but to me, that's a Josh Allen turnover. Then... The interception to Gabe Davis, obviously, that went off Gabe's hands. That's on Gabe. But then you're being careless with the ball. You're throwing another one. The stats that every single broadcast now, they're sharing on on these broadcasts. Josh Allen leads the league in turnovers. Since 2019, since 2018, Josh Allen leads the league in turnovers. He leads the league in total touchdowns, but he leads the league in turnovers. And if you want to look to one reason why I feel like the Buffalo Bills do not have a Lombardi trophy since Josh Allen has become the quarterback, it's because of the turnovers. Every week, I, every week, win or loss, I post I love you, Josh Allen, and that remains true. There's things that Josh Allen does that makes me say I wouldn't trade my quarterback for any other quarterback in the world. 
But there comes a time when your quarterback being the best player in your team also means that they're the smartest person on your team. And by smartest, I'm not questioning whether Josh Allen is smart or not. But what I'm saying is he makes a lot of dumb decisions during the game. And if he, if your best player isn't protecting the football, it doesn't matter how great Stefan Diggs is. It doesn't matter... It doesn't matter how well the defense plays. And for everybody who wants to be upset about the defense, first, look, I'm with you. The 12 men on the field, you cannot excuse that. At the end of the game, you finally actually do enough to win it, to put yourself in a position to put this team out, and you have 12 men on the field to give them another try at a field goal? Inexcusable. But you're kidding yourself if you're going to be upset about the defense over the course of the game. The offense turned the ball over in Denver territory multiple times. Given Denver short fields. Now, granted, the first drive only resulted in a field goal. Thank God. But again, that's defense. But that's three points right there that if you're just talking about, I know this isn't how things work, but if you're just talking about, look at the score. We gave them three points. The Bills win that game without that first field goal. Then you talk about the interception just before the half where they were able to sneak out another field goal. You do not give points to the other team. And expect to win. You don't do it. I don't care how good the team is, how bad the team is. This is the NFL. If you lose the turnover battle, you're likely going to lose the game. And I talked about it last week. I'm going to talk about it again. Time of possession. When you turn the ball over, you cannot control the ball. 37 minutes for the Broncos to 22 for the Bills. 37 minutes for the Broncos to 22 for the Bills. So for all of you who want to complain about the defense not doing their job, put this in context. Put this in context. The defense were forced to stop the Broncos multiple times on our side of the field due to turnovers. The defense stopped them from scoring touchdowns and held them to field goals in situations where typically you would expect the Broncos to score a touchdown. And again, the defense is doing all of this without three of their best players. without three of their best players. And then if you listen or if you watched, you read the article for pregame rumblings, I talked about how Russell Wilson may be not having the best season statistically when it comes to his career. But I also talked about how he's not as bad as people think. Coming into the game last night, he had 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. The game against the Chiefs, 
He only had 114 yards passing, but he had three touchdowns and zero interceptions. And now you fast forward to this game here and look at it. 24 for 29, 193 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. No interceptions. And then you you flip that over to the Bills side where you have Josh Allen, two interceptions. 15 for 26, 177 yards. We were three for eight on third down. Didn't convert the fourth down play that we tried. The Broncos had 19 third downs. That time of possession that I talked about, that means they controlled the game. Time of possession, turnovers. If you're losing both of those battles, I'm telling you, you're probably not going to win the game. And the crazy thing is the Bills were in the position to win the game. And Sean McDermott, listen, I love Sean McDermott. I've been a Sean McDermott supporter. I'll continue to be a Sean McDermott supporter. But at some point, can we can we get over this this putting players in timeout like they're in fifth grade? James Cook fumbled on the first drive, first play, whatever, right? He was very easily your best offensive player. He has to hold on to the ball. He has to hold on to the ball. Just like last week, I talked about Dawson Kincaid. Great game. Has to hold on to the ball. And there's no excuses anymore about all of this stuff. No, he's a second-year player. Oh, Kincaid's a rookie. Josh is this. You can't think about holding on to the ball when you're doing flips in the air. Actually, I think that you can. And actually, I think that you should protect the ball when you're a running back. One play turn into a big play, but it could have been a disaster had the fumble that bounced right back to him. Hold on to the ball. But I got to give props where they're due. He was the best player on offense. So many drop passes. So many drop passes. One drop pass led to an interception because of Gabe Davis. Jeremiah Poirier seems to think that this guy is really going to be the wide receiver that that he's been promised on us. I love Jeremy. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And this is not to sit here and dunk on Gabriel Davis. But the fact is, to me, or the reality is, is when you look at Gabriel Davis's game, just like Bruce said last week on Hump Day Hotline, Gabe Davis is exactly who Gabe Davis showed you he is. There is nothing different about what Gabe Davis is putting on film this year versus years in the past. There's nothing different. He can't create much separation on the route tree. He's good at stretching the field. Those passes are more difficult because they're downfield. So you're going to have a higher chance of, you know, the play not being successful. We need a wide receiver too. Dalton Kincaid, I love everything I see from him. 
I love the emergence of Khalil Shakir. We need a wide receiver too. <sighs> Thank you for my vent session. I'm not even going to talk of the conversation about whether or not I want McDermott or Dorsey fired. If you follow me on Twitter, I think you've seen exactly how I felt last night during the game. My guy, Matt Warren from SB Nation, he he's a huge supporter of Ken Dorsey and the offense, and he talks about how the offense is this and how the offense is that. i tell you what the offense isn't. It's not good. It's not good. And I don't care what the DVOA stats show. I don't care... I don't I don't care about any of that stuff. <laughs> they are not good. Zero points in the first quarter. <sighs> five and five. It's a long way up from here. It's a long way up from here. Listen, I got a special guest. I got my brother Antoine joining me. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Jets. He's going to let us know how the Jets looked this past week. Obviously, I'm sure everybody watched the game. He's going to talk about his, how he viewed the game last night, what he saw from the Bills, and, and what he thinks about the matchup now between the Bills and the Jets. Ugh. Hey, football fans, the season is here. So you know that means family, football, and food. But for the NFL's best fan base, it can't be just any food. Bill's Mafia only eats the best during the season. And the best is Picasso's Pizza. With four great locations in Western New York, it's so easy to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got a friend of the show. My guy, as usual, my man Antoine Staley. Um, he, he wears many hats, so I don't even really, every time he comes on, I don't know how to really properly introduce him. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I know we both, we both, uh, we're not looking forward to this next upcoming weekend of games when it comes to the teams that we cover, but you cover the New York Jets for everyone who don't, or who you should know at this point, but for everyone who doesn't, he covers the Jets and, um, man, it's been a year. It's, it's definitely been a year. Um, I don't even know where to start. I guess, well, you know what? Let's start last night because last night, Monday Night Football, it's it's fresh on everybody's. Just what are your thoughts? I don't even know what that. <laughs> you know what? Watching that game, it kind of reminded me of the uh, Jets uh, Bills game week one, where I feel like Buffalo had a chance to win the game, and then it was just turnovers. And if it wasn't turnovers, it was bad play calling. So I mean, everybody wants to blame Ken Dorsey, and I think it's. A lot has a lot to do with you know what the Bills are going on. Like you watch them more every single week. I've I've watched a number of Bills games too, so you would probably have more insight than I would. But it seems like the play calling has been uh, not ideal at times. But also Josh just hadn't played well. I mean he's turning the ball over at a just historic rate. I mean when you turn the ball over three four times, you're like you're not going to beat anybody. I don't care if it's you know the Kansas City Chiefs or you know, the New York Jets or, in this case, the Broncos team that you're clearly better than on both sides of the football. But, yeah, you got to take care of the football. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And, yeah, he's not playing particularly well. I, we know how good Josh Allen is. I think 
you know, he's obviously, I think, one of the best two quarter, two, three boys quarterbacks in the league when he takes care of the football. He has a dynamic skill set, as everybody knows. But, you know, when you give teams the opportunity like that, they anybody can win in any given, you know, Sunday or Monday. So, yeah, I think they have a really big issue right now. And, you know, they got to be able to start. They got to start. It starts with taking care of the football, first and foremost. Man, I know. I know Um, because this, this is going to be the conversation all week. I already know it. So the 12 men on the field clearly agree just like that. Yes. You can't. That's coaching. Like, so I'm not, you cannot excuse that on any level. Yes. But throughout the game, prior to that point, am I crazy to think that the defense probably did enough really? Like cause even to, to get to that point, you did enough to win the game, especially yeah. I, I guess I was just more disappointed in you just talked about the turnovers. We, we turned the ball over and we set them up in their territory a couple times. Like we just set, first drive of the game, set them up. Then Josh comes back, throws an interception, set them up. And it's just, I get it. Again, I'm, I'm you cannot excuse the 12 men on the field. But overall, like for the game, I think I'm a whole lot less upset with the defense than I am the offense. Yeah. Do you get that? Like if you were a Bills fan watching that game, is that the feeling that you would have? Yeah, I mean, I think they did everything in their power to win the game. And then considering, you know, all the injuries that the Bills have on defense, I mean, I thought they played particularly well, especially considering the circumstances. It's just like you, you alluded to, when you, you're playing with a short field, I mean, you're going to let up points. That's just how I, I don't I don't care what kind of defense you have. I mean, the Jets are kind of going through the same thing where, you know, they've been snake-bitten with penalties. And then all of a sudden, or, you know, it might be, you know, I mean, Zach Wilson throwing an interception or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, they're not playing – offense isn't playing particularly well. And then eventually, you know, you're going to give up some points, whether it be three or seven. So, I mean, I thought the Bills' defense did everything they had to do as far as – in order to win the game. Like you said, it's just when you're playing with a short field like that, I mean, what what more do you want them to do? I mean, you know, it's not like the 85 Bears or anything like that. They're not going to, you know, just hold teams to nothing. You're going to give up points, especially in this league where it's so offense-oriented. Uh, you just have to hope that, you know, it's, you know, 10 or 13 points instead of, you know, whatever it was like last night. But, yeah, I definitely think, you know, the defense played really well. Um, I just think, you know, when you, when you turn the ball over that many times, then you're going to lose. Like no matter who you play, so that's the just that's what it is. And Josh Allen deserves that blame, man. He, oh yeah, got <laughs> talk about it's it's so frustrating because and you know you we've done pods together now. We we you know built a friendship. I love Josh Allen. Like there's no secret how much I love him. My fan my yeah. fanhood comes out when I talk about Josh Allen. But dude, he's as good as he is. The it's like they and they show this stat now. It seems like almost every game. Where they'll show he leads the league yeah. in in all touchdowns, you know, since he's come into the league, and he's only second to Cam Newton in rushing and passing touchdowns, and like they show this wonderful stat, and then they say, but on the flip yes. side, and then they flip it over, and then he's leading the league in turnovers since 2018, and it's just as, 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 as to me, I feel like the, the one thing if you're gonna point to anything and say. This is the reason why, since the Bills have had the second or third best quarterback in the league, this is the reason why they don't have a Super Bowl. To me, it comes down to you can't have the most turnovers in the league every year and expect to win. And that's just and and the fact that we've been winning at the rate that we have prior to the season is actually kind of like it's unbelievable when you when you look at it contextually like that. 
yeah, I mean, it's context matters, but yeah, I mean, you, you got to be able to take care of the football. I mean, you got guys like, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a bit of a gunslinger too, but he also, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, take care of the football, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow as well. I mean, I understand that Josh has a different skill set to them, but still like you have to take care of the football. That is the most important thing because when you give it up like that, then again, you, you set yourself up no matter how good your defense is. I mean, you're going to break. You're going to give up touchdowns if you if you're start if the offense opposing offense is starting at the, you know, forty yard line or whatever the case may be. Like you're you're going to give up those yards, whether it be a field goal or a touchdown. So yeah, he, they got to start taking care of the football. And then we saw it in the first Jets Bills game. You know, the Jets, Bills should have won that game. We all know that. I mean, it was a you know it was great return by Xavier Gibson there. It really could have went either way, but. You know, even with that, I thought Buffalo, I mean, should have won that game despite the four turnovers by Josh Allen. But the fact of the matter is when you let a team like that hang around, like the Denver Broncos or the Jets, you know, anything can happen. And we saw that we saw that last night on Monday Night Football. We saw that week one against the Jets, too. You know, teams that even even if you're better than the team in a certain team. But, yeah, you got to be able to put them away and put them away early because when you give them an opportunity to hang around and. You know, they can win. Anybody can win in this league. And you know what? You just mentioned week one. And now that I think about it, now, obviously, in both games, I feel like 100% we lost the games because of Josh Allen. But then the biggest play of the game, essentially the last play of the game, or the second to last play of the game, I should say, you give up a big special teams play. So whether that be last night with, you know, with the penalty or the first week where you get that big return, out of nowhere and over time it's like come on man like the the, the fundamentals of football whatever okay uh, the jets because I, I could sit here and com- i can be pissed off about the bills all day man and i, I just <laughs> hey this is therapy man this is good therapy for you it is but it's just it's just so frustrating because it's like the things that i feel like we used to be great at like the things that i, I would be able to brag about you know special teams you know we would always you know you you would just see you would just see how dedicated they were to the fundamentals and doing things right and making sure that they stay in their lanes and they made sure that, you know, and now it's just, it just seems sloppy on every level. Yeah. And, and that's coaching. That's, that's bad to coach it. But Dermot deserves some blame too. I feel like, does. and I'm, I'm curious to see, hear your opinion about this, but you know, he's wearing a CEO hat, but also being a defensive guy. So how much now, so how much is that kind of taken away from, you know, him being just a total CEO, because I think like when you're trying to wear multiple hats as a coach, I don't feel like you're ever dedicated. You dedicate yourself to just being the guy and just making sure everything is on your P's and Q's. So I think, yeah. you know, I, I think that's some part of the blame of what's going on too. No, I, I think that's fair. A hundred percent. And because the thing that, what well, the thing about McDermott that's getting me this year, and, that, and this probably is part of it, what you're saying. I, I think that, you know, I've always appreciated just how much of a leader he was and, and like how much the team, every time the players kind of talked about McDermott, they talked about him past a coach. Like, you know, he loves us this way and he cares about us this way. And he this season, I'm just not seeing or hearing any of that type of connection. And it, it so I don't know if it's like he lost what made him a great coach. And then now he's trying to be a defensive coordinator again too much and I, I don't know. I, to be honest, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I promise you before this season, I was never on the side of even having a conversation of saying that McDermott, a, a replacement could even, not even the conversation. Yes. 
right. this point, I'm I'm willing to have that Steve Kerr, Mark Jackson conversation. Like, is it is it that this guy was an architect that built? You know, he brought Josh here. He was able to draft. You know, Matt Milano and certain guys is going to be key pieces to this team's success. But is he the guy to get us there? I don't know. Like, I'm I'm having that conversation every I, week I, now. I'll say this too. I mean, I, I think it's a little bit different circumstances than what happened at Golden State. I will say, I mean, they, he broke this playoff draw even before Josh got there. I mean, he helped mm-hmm. break that. So, like, it's not like I don't think he's a product of Josh Allen. I think I've heard that kind of going around because, you know, obviously I follow a number of Bills fans, but, you know, I definitely think it is certain, it is a it's something to talk about. Whereas, like, do they have they hit their plateau? Has his team gone as far as he could take them? The alternative is, like, who do you bring in that can get this team over the top? I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I know Jim Harbaugh will probably be available, but I don't know what, you know, his interest might be with Buffalo. I don't know what Buffalo's, you know, interest might be in him. But, yeah, they have to do something. I hear a bunch of fans clamoring for Ben Johnson. And I'll be honest, obviously, I love the Lions and I love everything that I'm seeing from them. I personally don't know enough about Ben Johnson to to say – I want Ben Johnson as the next coach of the Buffalo but, Bills. But is that a uh, alternate? Uh, I mean, is that a good solution too? That's that you know, is he going to get you over the top? I don't know. It's a there's a lot of unknowns there too. I mean, you're just bringing in a guy that he might be good, but it's just an unknown. It's still an unknown too. It's still, yeah. yeah I mean, you still don't know. It's the defense continue to because you lose McDermott, you lose like what you your your identity on defense. So now you're going to have to find somebody that can. If ben, let's say it was Bill jo- Ben Johnson. Gonna have to, he's going to have to bring in somebody that can help keep up that culture and, you know, what you build on defense. So I, I don't know. Like, you may be exchanging one problem for another. You may get a really good offensive guru, but your defense might end up sliding in that sense. So I don't, I know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is either. I will say is, is they, need, they need to – he does need to hire a defensive – if he does remain, which I imagine he probably will, he needs to hire a defensive coordinator. Like, they need – he just needs to go back to being – the CEO guy, and as you also alluded to with special teams, they might need to make a change there because you've lost two games due to special teams this year and a tight AFC where it's that, man. Like, you're going to have to win 10 games to make the playoffs. That's why I keep mm-hmm. – that's why I tried to tell Jet fans weeks ago, 10 wins might not even get you in right now with the Texans playing well. The Bengals are, like, on the outside looking in right now. So, I the margin for error. Playing well, you know, you got – yeah. The Browns with the best defense in the league, potentially. And, and Watson, people think, he play great, but he's playing better. And then you got, I mean, you're right. Like the AFC, he, nobody thought Houston would be here. Exactly. Nobody thought, you know, the Jags, they lost this weekend, but the Jags are 6-3. Yeah. So again, what, you, what, what I was going to say is like sorry. with the Browns, uh, everybody thought, the, I mean, the Jets defense is really good. I think what the Browns currently are is what I think people thought the Jets would be. Like mm-hmm. a good team with a really good defense, even with Aaron, like a guy that would kind of fight, see how he is going to be a quarterback and just tough, you know, relentless team. And then, but the Jets aren't that team. They're totally, they're a little bit different, especially without Aaron. But yeah, Pittsburgh's still there, but it's tough, man. It's, mm-hmm. You got to win 10 games and the margin for error for all of these other teams on the outside looking in, like Buffalo, like the Jets, you know, like Cincinnati, even now, is so slim that. Yeah, like I say, ten wins might not get you in. Like, and then you got we got eight games left. Yeah, you gotta, you got, you got. It's time to get things going. That's why this game is so critical on Sunday. The loser to me, especially like I, said, I, I think I don't think the Jets are gonna win still, but I imagine it'd be a tough, 
sluggish slugfest like how all the Jets games have been, especially against Buffalo. Like they play each other really well. They have very similar styles. Well, let's talk about it because one of the things that I, I brought up in my article about it is that I think going into this game, a lot of Bills fans would be in you know on paper every game we go into this and we say, oh, we're better than the Jets. We're going to beat the Jets, but the Jets defense plays the Bills offense very well. Like even the yeah. games that we've won, it's been tough for Josh Allen to move the ball. It's been tough to score touchdowns through the air. Um, I, I forget the stats now off the top of my head, but it, it like the last three games has been something like, you know, six interceptions to three touchdowns or something, something like that. So it's, it's been a really rough time for Josh, even the games that we've won. Now the Jets just, um, they just dropped a game to the Raiders. They lost two straight too, actually. Okay, so both teams coming into this basically in similar situations. And like you mentioned, I have to think that whichever team loses this game, really your playoff chances are over, right? Like, I know the Bills kind of have a game or half a game on the Jets, but but still, I think if you get to six losses right now, it, it's going to be tough sledding. What's your yeah. – um, so for the Jets, how do you see the Jets kind of attacking this game going into this weekend? Like, how do you – if you were um, – Sailor, like how would you be approaching this game for your team? Uh, it's well trying to score. Like here's the thing with the Jets, they have not scored a touchdown at all in nearly three games in 12 quarters. It's 11 game, 11 quarters they've gone without scoring a touchdown. Like they going dating back all the way to the game against the first quarter against the Giants. They have since that point, they won that game. I mean, again, they probably shouldn't have won, but they won. Like They've not scored eight offensive touch. They have not scored an offensive touchdown at all. So that's you got to get that to cleared up somehow. Like you got to find easy ways to get you know Zach Wilson going and in the running game as well because you know you got a dynamic dynamic runner in Brees Hall. He should be touching the ball way more than what he does. I don't understand why. If if it was me, they they they're acting like he is. This is week one and he's this he's fresh off coming off an Achilles. I mean or ACL injury. Like run him to the ground like your lives are at stake right now like you got to win get the ball in your dynamic between him and garrett like i would be giving them the ball just about all the time because those are your playmakers those are the guys that that that's really going to get this offense going like mm-hmm. i mean no disrespect to everybody else on the team or other offensive players but they're your two best offensive players i would well, be trying me- to do whatever they do to get the ball in their hands quick as much as possible well, I'm sorry to cut you off, but let me cut you off a second because you just said they're acting like Brees Hall is like week one coming off of an injury. Let me remind you what he did week one coming off of yeah. a fresh ACL. He had 127 yards against the Buffalo Bills in week one. He came back and he looked like Adrian Peterson's son. Like yeah. what in the world is happening? And and so now to think that over the last few weeks he has 28 yards. I, I can't be mad at the 50-yard game, but 28, 17, 39. You got to give this guy the ball. Well, I think part of it is they know the Jets have no passing game whatsoever. And then teams mm-hmm. are literally eight putting eight and nine in the box. So, I mean, it ain't even just with the running game. It's like I get the ball in his hands passing. What they tend to do is, like, take him off the field on third down. I, I don't understand that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, just put him in there. Keep him in third down. He's a good pass catcher too. And then as we saw in the Giants game, he t- I think it was a 50-yard touchdown reception. That's their last touchdown. Get the ball again, get the ball in his hand as much as possible, whether it be in the passing game or also the running game. Same thing with Garrett. Got to get the ball in his hands, too. I mean, Alan Lazard's been a disappointment there. I do like Tyler Coughlin, CJ 
Uzama has been a bit of a disappointment too. He had really two uh, bit penalties and against in the game against the Raiders, one that wiped out a touchdown, which I thought might have put the game away early on for the Jets. But yeah, you got to get the ball in your playmakers as much as possible. That's what I would do, and just let your defense, you know, eat and try to keep a like play from ahead. Because when they when the Jets play from behind, you know, bad things tend to happen too. As good as their defense is. I mean, they're not a team that they're not, you know, they're not a team that can play from behind very well. But am I wrong in thinking, because you just mentioned some disappointment in some of the receivers there, I just, and tight ends, but I just feel like for me, it's tough to be disappointed when, and honestly, I I can't take a shot at Zach Wilson, because I mean, I feel like he's a better player than he believes he is right now. Like, I feel like it's his mental, because I've seen him before, like when he first came into the league, he would take those chances, and I've seen him be a gunslinger in a way like not as not full-on josh allen gunslinger but i've seen him make some throws that's like oh yeah. this kid gonna be good for a long time and now it's just not that quarterback so like i think he's better than than what he's playing but right now he's playing like you know scared. very scared like he just won't even really take a chance on some of these throws so well, i think it's tough from at least me is that how you see it too or is it just because i don't know i don't watch every game yeah. anymore because their the yeah. offense is terrible Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. They're literally telling him, uh, from what I understand, not to lose the game for him because we have a really good defense and we have a running game. But you need him to make plays at times, too. Like, don't be afraid to, like, you know, throwing the ball down the field or running like this week, like against the Raiders, he ran the ball like when he had to against the Chargers, he had a wide open lane at one point, And then he was scared to run. He just, you know, threw the ball instead. And I'm like, dude, like he he's overthinking. It's like the coaching has got to him to the point where there's so much pressure on him to try to win. And then basically there's telling him, you know, hold this up. So Aaron, if he, Aaron can come back and then try to, lead us to the playoffs and then everything's just gotten in his head and you could just clearly see it from time to time so you know he doesn't take those chances but you need quarterbacks to take chances you can't just sit there and do dink and dunk and five yards every single play i mean yeah you take what the defense is giving you but if it's somebody that's wide open like 20 yards down the field or you think you have a you got garrett wilson one-on-one with a defensive back or cornerback or safety take that chance just throw it up there 
you know, make sure it's not intercepted, but, you know, also give your receiver a chance to go up and get it. Like, remember week one, you know, he, he threw that uh, fade in the uh, corner of the end zone and Garrett made that tremendous catch that no had no business making. That's the place Garrett Wilson can make where you give him an opportunity to do that. I just don't feel like he's, you know, allowing his playmakers to make those plays for him. Yeah, and everybody, I mean, everybody was excited. I mean, everybody outside of the AFC East, you know, outside of Jets fans were excited about what Garrett Wilson was going to be this year because he had Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Like, I think we all know that Garrett Wilson at some point is going to get a, a quarterback throwing him the ball and it's going to yes. be fun to watch. The guy is talented. You know, it's going to be a, it's going to be really fun. Passionate to watch. too. He, he wants to win too. I think after the Raiders game, like he, you can see how much is this killing though. Like they're losing and they're not scoring points. Like he was, he's literally like on the verge of tears because he's upset and angry that the off the Jets are just so much. They're not playing well on offense and they're they've lost two straight and they know what it is. They they see the walls kind of caving in a little bit. That's why I'm curious to see how this game is going to go because, I mean, if the Jets lose, they got Miami on a short week on Black Friday too. So this is a critical two weeks. I mean, they lose both of these games. They're, going, they're walking into December 4 and 7. And I, I don't see any scenario at that point. Why bring Aaron Rodgers back? You still have to play the Texans. Texans. You got to play the Dolphins again. And, oh, yeah, you got a game against the Browns on Thursday night on a short week and go to Cleveland you know, in the end of December. So this could start to unravel very quickly if they're not careful. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up, man. I kept you a little bit longer than I said I would. So I know okay, man. we usually longer, do because we have yeah, a lot we to do. talk we about. Do. We talk and we get going. Uh, so, well, I asked you how did the, the Jets would attack this game. So if you're, if you're Sean McDermott for this game, knowing what you know about the Jets, what are you saying to your team? Like, obviously, obviously the, the obvious don't turn the damn ball over that's the first but then outside of that what are you preaching this week going into this game if you're Sean McDermott to to match up against these Jets run the, run the ball because the Jets deep rush defense has not been good they've been letting up big plays running the ball they're I believe the 30th in rush defense right now so there's Achilles heel with the Jets is their rushing defense and then them losing Al Woods I mean you wouldn't think you know Al Woods would be a big loss but you know a 340 pound man of your defense mm-hmm. in the middle of your line like that who's been a run stopper throughout his career you know that's a big loss and then they have not been able to replace him you know we saw josh jacobs where that was able to eat you know a lot of rushing yards last week there also think they have a problem like stopping quarterback quarterbacks that are able to run so if i was them i get josh ready to use his legs to you know try to create some dynamic plays as well and that's why i think they need to be doing more too <laughs> i mean you got a little little guy that's a playmaker like have him i don't want him like leaping over people at his age, like him getting over, right. but you need to you need to use his legs. I mean, he has a dynamic skill set that I think a lot of quarterbacks would kill to have. Like get him out in space, man. You know, he could take it to the house at any time. So Yo, yeah, that's what I would do. You know, you know Patrick Mahomes has more rushing yards this season than Josh Allen. Yeah, it does that's bomb boggling, right? That's insane. That's I don't understand. Like this is the game they need to get his legs going. Like the Jets have trouble stopping mobile quarterbacks. Like get him going, and I think in turn that will open up the passing game for Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, and you know Dalton Kincaid too. He was a monster. I loved him coming out. I think we talked about that too. Uh, and I don't think the Jets. I mean, as good as the Jets' defense is, I mean you have you have some playmakers there that can make some plays too. So yeah, I think I would use the running game to kind of set up the pass too as well. So. 
And then defensively, I mean, just key in on Brees Hall, like make sure that he does not, he's not the one that beats you. If like if you're able to do that and then get an early lead, then you're forcing Zach Wilson to, you know, play from behind. And then as we kind of saw at the Raiders game, sometimes bad things can happen. You know, he can get, you know, in his head and also turn the ball over. So if I'm Sean McDermott and the Bills, that's my game plan going into the week. Uh, making sure I get the running game going, especially with Josh, and also, you know, try to pin their ears back and then get after Zach Wilson. All right, I hear you. I mean, you talk about that that defensive line. I tell you what, I think Bills fans can relate. Losing Daquan Jones has probably yeah. been the biggest loss of the year, and and I'm saying that with respect to Matt Milano, with respect to Trey White, like two All Pro players. But Daquan Jones, he he was the difference on that defensive line. So I think I get what you're saying, but I also I'm nervous about Brees Hall. I'm nervous. You know what I'm nervous about? I think that dalvin cook is going to have his best game of the season next week because that's what happens against the buffalo bills like we always go against these guys and it's like oh the biggest game they had all season is against the buffalo bill and i just don't get it and it is it, just like man it's so frustrating so i'm actually you, you very concerned about too. the run offense you go like i'll just say this real quick like the jet like dalvin cook had two really good runs against the raiders and then they never gave him another carry i don't understand that i'm like like he had a seven yard run and a nine yard run, and um, and then he never got another carry. And I'm like, why didn't he get more touches? <laughs> like he, he clearly like he had something going. Like just keep feeding them the ball. I mean, you don't have to give them as much as Breeze, but you know, clearly something was working with Dalvin. Like why go away from that? So I, I don't know. Like <laughs> to me, the Jets have the perfect one two combination. Like you would think. Like you got Breeze Hall that can be your guy, and then you got Dalvin Cook coming in. To, to switch carries off when this, when when Brees Hall is tired, no, to, and they're not they're just not using that properly. You, you know, not. you would just think that. And and what about um, I, I don't watch them enough. Has there been multiple? Have you seen like two back sets where both guys have been on the field? Uh, very rarely. But yeah, I would. That's what I would use. I would use like a um a pony like you kind of take a old school reference from smu when eric dickinson was there but yeah i would use both of them in the backfield at times that way you know you get again you're creating matchups you know defensively so that's just what i would i know dalvin hasn't had the year that i think a lot of people expect but still i mean you know i think also a lot a lot of it goes to like he didn't have necessarily have a training camp either so i think now he's starting to get going and everything he also doesn't have the opportunity, though. If you go and look at his carries, I mean, it's tough to get anything going when you're getting three carries, two carries, five. He did early you know? on. He did early on because they were they had a pitch count on Brees, and then uh, they took that pitch count away. And then Dalvin, you know, even his like you said, he's not able to get into a rhythm. And I think that's kind of what he said too, as well. I, yeah. I, okay. And I know you you covered the team. I guess me watching it. So like week one, I get it. He had like the thirteen carries, but. Like, it's tough because after that, he had four, eight, five, six. You know, he didn't have a ton of carries. And that week one, I just t- mentioned, like, how Brees Hall went off. He had 100-plus yards. So, like, yeah, the 13 carries, it might not look great, but it's – it, I don't know. It's, we'll see. I, I think I think the Both Jets of these overall, teams have questions, uh, offensive, offensive coordinator, put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, so that's what I, that was just where I was about to go. Like, overall, I, I don't think either team is using their best players yes. to the best of their abilities. Correct. So uh, – now you mentioned you think the, the Bills are going to win this game. Do you think it's yeah. going to be like one of those tough defensive ones? At DraftKings, uh, we opened up at as Bills being favorite 
or favored at six and a half points. How do you feel like you think it's going to be one of those games where it's like a field goal or it's going to be you think they'll cover? I think the Bills will get a touchdown late. I think I can see it like 20 to 13 Buffalo, like somewhere around okay. there. So, yeah, I think it's going to be right. tough to run it out fast. And, yeah, I think Buffalo pulls away late. All right. Well, if the, if the, if the, it, I'm hoping, man, like I, we can't lose this game. We, we just can't. So, well, look, we're going to get on out of here, man. Um, why don't you go ahead and plug? I know you got, you know, you got uh, your show with the Believe Network. You got your, your articles that you, you drop every week. You got, you do a lot. So go ahead and just plug your work and then we'll get on out of here. Best place to find me is Antoine Staley on its Twitter. Also, like my work at the New York Daily News covering NFL and mostly Jets stuff too. Or as you alluded to as well, I have a podcast called the Bat Page Network. I mean, Bat Page uh, Breakdown, excuse me, uh, airs every Tuesday and Thursday uh, on the Believe Network. So you can find me there, all your whatever you subscribe to as far as podcasts. So yeah, man, it was good. Thank you for having me on, man. It's always good to chop it up with you and have a good time. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. We, we used to, so we used to, everybody who don't know, which I feel like everybody listening will know, uh, Twan was on Chop Up last season with me basically all year, but both of us this year, we, it kind of, it didn't even happen purposely like this. It just kind of happened where uh, Sterles and, and Jeremy just kind of ran with the show and we yeah. both just kind of fell back. But um, but we got we to gotta get back to kind of doing just some more. I don't know if it's maybe some spaces on Twitter or X or whatever oh, yeah. you call it, or, or even just jumping on a show like this here and now, but but yeah, we got to get back to it. Yeah, we will. We definitely will. But yeah, we'll talk about it like offline. But yeah, man, we definitely have to do it again soon. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know how to do it. It's Buffalo Rumblings. It's your boy, Jay Spencer King. Y'all love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive. Test negative. I can't even say that. That's how mad I am. <laughs> stay positive. Test negative. Go, Bill. Code of conduct. <laughs> to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.